The framework of business is completely different in the new normal. To explore culture as the strategy, we have to look in places we haven't before. Looking into company culture from the C-suite to employees and from Fortune 500 to startups. It's time to understand the human side of company culture and the new shape it is taking. This is the conversation on Culture Factor 2.0, and I'm your host, Holly Shannon. Hi, I wanted to share something with my community. When I started podcasting, I had zero experience, and over the past year, Culture Factor has grown. I wanted to replicate the success and create other podcasts, so I went about creating a step-by-step book that I could use again when the time came. But then I realized it should be for everyone because maybe you want to start a podcast for personal reasons or professional ones. The book is Zero to Podcast, and like the name, it's designed to help you go from your idea to iTunes. There are 12 easy-to-follow chapters. You can make it a reality in a short time frame and with little or no money, and it is for the technically challenged as well as the technically proficient with zero podcasting knowledge. It is coming to Amazon this January, and I hope you'll start your journey soon with Zero to Podcast and me, Holly Shannon. Today on Culture Factor 2.0, I have Toby Howell. He's the writer and social media lead at Morning Brew. It's a business newsletter with over 2.5 million subscribers. He's grown his personal Twitter account to over 16,000 followers in less than eight months by talking about Twitter strategy, building an online audience, and giving a behind-the-scenes look into life at the Morning Brew. To be specific, the growth over the past year is this. Morning Brew Twitter account started at 26,000 and is now at 114,000. Toby Howell's Twitter account started at 600 and is now at 16,000. And today, we have him on The Culture Factor, here to talk about that, and also to talk about company culture. What's really great is that Morning Brew has been very transparent about theirs and showing everything on Twitter. So they're kind of building in public, and we'll talk about that as well. Welcome to Culture Factor 2.0. Toby Howell, how are you? I am good. Thanks for having me on. I have been following you on Twitter as the rest of the world has been doing and following um, your, you've been with Morning Brew for a, almost a year now. Is that correct? Yeah, a little under a year still. I, I started working at the end of March 2019. So even though it feels like it's been five years, it's, it's actually been a little under a year. <laughs> we won't tell Alex and Austin you said that. <laughs> Well, I think it's it's partly because of factors outside of their control, but yeah, I think I, it's like a good five years though. It's it's a good sort of of experience feeling. Oh, so you're halfway through the first decade of your experience exactly. at Morning Brew. It's perfect. Exactly. <laughs> um, so um, l- let's jump into. Um, I, I like to jump right into company culture because, of course, that's what my podcast is about. Um, and the company culture at Morning Brew is is truly unique. Um, they've given you um, like a ton of autonomy. Can you share with the listeners how you were hired? Because I think that um, it kind of speaks to how they let you lead um, and what your day-to-day is like under their, under their leadership. Yeah. So, so the hiring story is definitely interesting. Um, I was right out of college. I was working at a small sports marketing startup in Portland, Maine. Um, and there we weren't a very good sports marketing, (laughs) 
um, startup. But what I did get good at was learning how to cold email brands um, to end up trying to work with them. And so through all that practice, I also stumbled across Morning Brew in that time and said, oh my gosh, I would love to work for this company. I think that it, I would fit really well with them. So I actually sent a cold email to Austin and Alex pitching them a new newsletter. Um, and even though it, it was, it was going to be a sports newsletter, and they kind of said, we're not really looking for a whole new newsletter product, but we'd love to interview you for the daily writer position. Um, so literally in the span of about like four days, I, from the, from the time I sent that cold email, I was on a bus um, going to Morning Brew headquarters in New York City to interview for the writer position. Um, and then, yeah, kind of everything moved fast from there. And, and I went through a series of interviews, wrote a bunch of newsletters for them to look at um, and got hired as a daily newsletter writer. And then I probably how most of, of your listeners might have heard of me. I started running the social media about a month into Morning Brew, about a month into when I started working at Morning Brew. Um, and I had no prior social media experience, but I did have a conception of what I thought Morning Brew's social media could be, what the voice could be, what kind of content I wanted to see out of it. Um, and so, yeah, from, from there, our account has grown from like 25,000 to 115,000. My own personal Twitter has, has grown from pretty much zero followers to 16,000 followers. So it's been this really crazy social media journey for me. Um, and yeah, so it, it started from a, a small office in the back of a furniture, furniture store in Portland, Maine to now I'm working for the morning brew through, through a, just a lot of good luck and, and a few cold emails. <laughs> That's amazing. You know, we're seeing so much change um, in how people are finding jobs now. Like, it, it, you know, I just had this conversation with um, somebody over at Fast, and it's just so interesting that a lot of hiring is actually happening in Twitter or maybe almost going back to some basics like what you did with a cold email. And um, I, I think tired of all of the like the LinkedIn applies, sorry, LinkedIn, <laughs> um, the algorithms that are built into all of the HR systems across companies in the, the application process. And, and everybody's getting like super creative. So mm -hmm. I kind of got a little bit of chills, like within four days, like you like <laughs> were on the bus on the way there. That's, that's really a cool story. Right. Yeah. No, um, yeah. Big time chills. And yeah. And to, to your point, I 100% think that like the hiring process is, is changing. Like, again, I'm, this is technically like my second job out of college, but this is, that's the only way I can imagine myself going about finding a job that I really liked. Like, I don't, I never, I, I can't imagine myself working for Morning Brew by just like applying through LinkedIn and then them seeing my application. It just, it, it's like not that, kind, there obviously are people who get hired that way, but I know a, a copywriter, he, he wrote his follow-up note with a typewriter to like get his job and, and, and wrote it in like old English. And so there's just all these fun little, especially at a company like Morning Brew, like those things that you can do to s separate yourself from the pack, if, if you will, through in the hiring process. It just, it just like meshes with the company culture very well. So 
it feels like this is the only way that I that I wanted to be hired by Morning Brew and like the only way that I actually would have worked too. Yeah, they're well, they're unique, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they're not IBM, so right, exactly. <laughs> they have a very different way of of being out there. So, so that actually brings me to my next question because you kind of walked me into it, into building your personal brand in public. Um, it is something that is uniquely Morning Brew, but at the same token, they didn't really have a big Twitter following. So you sort of established how to build the brand and the personal brand. Um, so I'm a follower. So I feel like I have a ringside seat into seeing like what you're doing, what the company culture is all about. Are you comfortable being being out like in the open like that? Like, I, I, I'm not sure. Did you did you in your mind know that that was like, I know you took on the role, but did you knew, know it was going to explode like that? And you would kind of be the face of Morning Brew Twitter? I I mean, I can't say that I knew that, um, but, but I do remember it all started kind of with this one thread. Um, it's pinned at the top of my profile right now, but it was basically a few things that I had learned from running Morning Brew social media for the first two months. And that thread kind of exploded. Like, I think it's gotten over like a million impressions at this point. Um, And that was, it was kind of my, my boss, Neil Fryman, who is the managing editor of the, of the newsletter, just on a random like Thursday, he was kind of saying like, Hey, you should, you should share some of the stuff that you've, you've picked up from running the Twitter account. And it was literally just me saying, okay, what would I wish I would have known if I had was, I'm going to write a thread for myself for two months ago. So it's like all the stuff that I wish I knew two months ago going into running this account. I'm just going to put that out in the world and see if if it's helpful. Um, And then obviously there was just this huge, huge, huge appetite for it. Like, I think I got like 500 DMs in one day, like gained 4,000 followers overnight. And I was like, okay, so clearly there's an appetite for this type of content. And then going forward, it's just been kind of keeping that mantra is let me share what I wish I would have known. Let me share what I wish I would have known when I was just starting out. Um, so uh, keeping that as kind of like my, my North star, it's just, I'm, I'm writing for, for one year ago, Toby and like other people are in that position all the time. So I think that's kind of what's fueled partly of the growth. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if I went into it knowing that it would, it would kind of take off to this extent. Um, but yeah, I, I think just a, a big part of it too. I say, let it rip all the time. A big part of, of, of like building in public is literally just having the confidence to, to post something. And so I think that's a, a big shift that's happened in, in morning brew is that like everyone in the company now feels very comfortable and very, um, yeah, just, they know that posting on Twitter has all these upsides and like they embody the let it rip mentality. So like there's a reason why you see kind of morning brew all over social media, because we just post like it's, we're not doing anything super, super special. Um, But what we are doing is just like showing up every day, posting a lot and, and being unafraid to kind of put ourselves out there Um, which just leads to a lot of, of like surface area and a lot of people pointing to us as like people who build in public. Yeah, I, 
it's really like exponential growth. Mm -hmm. It's really cool to watch. Um, I remember seeing um, Alex Lieberman had posted on Twitter once that um, actually, I don't know if he posted on Twitter or LinkedIn that um, getting a following, you know, getting followers on Twitter is like building brick by brick. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was such a great analogy because that's how I feel. Like I, you know, I'm, you know, try to take the Toby Howell lead, but I sort of feel like I'm still getting the, that brick by brick type of thing. And I, and so I think that's um, so interesting the way uh, it's, it's worked for you. And I think um, that's why people continue to follow you and, and, and learn, because obviously I have more to learn. <laughs> that actually makes me want to ask to you, um, about leading from where you are. So, so Neil, you know, recognized what you were doing um, and thought like that would be a really good post and it ended up being um, where you got like a lot of traction. Mm -hmm. So how is the team like fostering the entrepreneur in you? Because obviously you don't just do the Twitter account. You're also a writer for Morning Brew. So mm -hmm. has it changed the way you write? the way that they have given you, um, you know, the bandwidth to be that entrepreneur? Yeah. I mean, this, this is all the credit to kind of the culture that Alex and Austin have built is that like the fact that me, one job out of college, recently graduated, just hired, was given kind of the, the keys to Morning Brew's social media because I had ideas and because I showed initiative, if you will. Um, like that's just a credit to Morning Brew's culture because I don't think that's going to happen at a lot of other companies where someone who's literally never worked in social media gets gets handed the social, the keys to the social media. Um, and it was literally, I, I, I like telling this details, like people say, how did you end up doing social media? And it was literally, I just asked for the passwords and said, like, and I was given the passwords because no one else had had shown interest in running the social media. So it was literally as I was elevated to social media manager just by asking for the passwords. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's uh, you say like fostering the entrepreneur. I, I think Morning Brew does just an awesome job of letting anyone, everyone's idea is heard. It's just such like I, I DM with with Alex, like the CEO and founder every day, just about like random ideas that either one of us have. Um, and I just think that like that culture of ideation and that culture of like always listening to to what other people have to say and like taking their ideas at face value. I think that's probably one of the like the biggest positives of working at Morning Brew and like one of my favorite things about working here. The other thing that I would probably say, which I think is a gift um, coming coming from where you are, and I don't think it has to be like you just graduated school and this is the case. You don't know what you don't know. And, and I actually think that that could be, that's probably part of the secret sauce mm -hmm. for Alex and Austin because they, they're allowing people to come in and say, look, I don't know about Twitter, but give me the passwords. I'm going to take a stab at it. Mm -hmm. And because you don't have any preconceived ideas of how it runs and you're not studying algorithms, you're, you're approaching it completely organically you're cre actually making it work. 
yeah. you're, you're finding it differently. Is that, am I saying that right? No, that's, that's a hundred percent correct. And, and I've actually leaned very heavily on the not knowing part and, and like figuring out as I go, like, I think that is an extremely valuable period. And like when you're learning anything is that, is that period where you, you don't know enough to be scared to try things. Um, and so like, I would, I was never afraid to, to just like talk very candidly from the account or like really mix it up in the replies or like jump on like an emerging meme trend or something like that purely because like, I didn't know better. Like that's, that's just what I thought in the moment was a good idea. Um, and so kind of that like organic and very like authentic and raw approach to social media is something that now is ingrained in my DNA. And I think like, I will always keep that. Um, like I always think that the best way to handle social media is to, I, I, I always tell people like, start posting from your phone. It will make you feel, it will like channel that, that Twitter voice that's inside everyone because it just, that's how Twitter's meant to be approached. It's not, it's not meant to be scheduled 10 weeks in advance and like, Oh, highly curated. It's supposed to be like these kind of quick bursts of, of like personality. Um, so yeah, I think that leaning into what I, I didn't know was played a huge role in like, like helping me once I did know more, more down the line. Um, so yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with your, your characterization. Yeah, I think, um, thank you. I, you know, I, I do believe that there's a lot to be said about um, trying and exploring things you've never done before. And, and, you know, sure, you can like jump on YouTube, and you can read articles, and you can do a lot of stuff, and you kind of have to do a certain measure of it when you're starting out learning something new. But, you know, sometimes these things are dated that are put together, you know, like even just with me starting my podcast, it's, um, you know, every, everybody was like, well, do you, do you know what you're doing? Like, you know, how, how are you learning how to do that? And I said, I'm, I'm just winging it. <laughs> like I don't know. So maybe that's good. Cause I'm not going to get caught up and I have to do it a certain way. Um, and that's maybe how that worked for you too. Like you didn't have to do it a certain way. You weren't caught up with that mindset. You're just like, Oh, let me just play. Yeah, no. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and that, that's awesome that you are, you are figuring out in real time as well. Like you want, it is amazing to see like everyone who you think has it figured out is still figuring it out. Um, and that's been like a huge benefit of social media too, is like now I've connected with, with those people who I thought had everything figured out. And so now I, now I get to like talk to them on a daily basis, like the Matt Kobachs of the world, like the Jack Applebee's, um, the David Perrells, like those are the people who, a year ago, I was, I was like looking at and trying to emulate and um, yeah, basically thought that they were on that, that next level that I wanted to be at. And now I'm not, I'm not saying like I'm at their level or anything, but I see kind of behind the curtain of their processes and you realize that, yeah, like they're just figuring it out too. Like they're trying stuff, they're iterating, they're letting it rip. Um, so that's been just like a huge benefit of of kind of like this rise on social media I've had is like access to those people and like access to their ideas and access to how they approach content. Um, so yeah, but I, I think I think you're right, and that's that's good to know that you are also <laughs> figuring it out. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I mean, it's why I asked you to be on my podcast. You know, I've been following you and I'm learning from you and, you know, just taking chances out there. And, you know, essentially I kind of cold DM'd you. So right. or actually I attended a webinar and I just asked you in front of everybody to come on my show. Yeah. You know, I think that that's one of the other things too, like the cold email, the cold DM, um, you know, I, I mean, obviously you subscribe to that. You know, people ask me, you know, how do I, how do I get people on my show? And I'm like, I ask, like, mm -hmm. there's no, there's no real formula. Like you don't wait, right? Like you're not going to wait for people to follow you. You're going to give them content. So if they want to, and in my case, I'm going to ask. Mm -hmm. So I think that's part of the formula is just being yourself, being authentic, doing what feels right in the moment. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So you you spoke about um, sort of the conversational aspect, like picking up your phone and just tweeting from there. And that actually brings me to a question um, that was posted on Twitter uh, yesterday. I, you know, I put a little um, message out there that I was interviewing you and if anybody had a question. So one of your followers um, said that a lot of your content appears conversational. Um, how much of it is scheduled or planned writing versus off the cuff in real time? Mm -hmm. I, it's probably like 90% off the cuff and 10% scheduled, um, which is probably not the best mix, actually. I, I, I'm pretty anti-scheduling content um, because I think it like robs it of its, of its voice and kind of velocity. Um, but... Yeah, so I, I eventually it's gonna it's gonna kind of tilt the other way because like you can't have the content droughts that sometimes arise from I don't know just like I'm I I am still writing for the newsletter so sometimes like I go into a newsletter writing hole for like five hours and and don't post anything because I just don't have like the mental bandwidth to to do that. Um, but yeah, I I definitely love leaning into the off the cuff conversational tone because. When you see that from like a brand with over a hundred thousand followers with that little blue check mark, and you you see these tweets coming across as like, oh my god, someone just tweeted that from their phone. I think that little like kind of magical. I I think it's magical when like when a brand acts like a human and like acts like a, a human who has been on social media for for their whole lives, and that's always something that I'm trying to like channel through the Morning Brew account. Um, so yeah, that conversational tone is definitely, definitely intentional and definitely a product of it, of it being off the cuff in the moment post from me. Uh, and, and then from the scheduling aspect, sometimes I come across like a meme or like a picture where I know that I'm going to like, we can play off that like morning brew will be able to make a joke off that. And so I, it will just be like, sometimes it's just a tab open or like I'll leave it open in Photoshop and just kind of wait for the right news story to come by until I can finally like put it into, into use. So like that, technically that's not scheduling, um, but it's definitely like pre-planned. Um, yeah. And like uh, something like the, um, the antitrust hearings where like you had all the, the big tech CEOs like going in front of Congress. I prepared like a bunch of like memes and tweets beforehand because I knew like a lot of people in our Twitter neck of the woods would be watching it. 
And so I just wanted to jump into that conversation with some like pre-prepared assets. Same with like the debates, same with like election night. Those were things where I kind of like thought through a few tweets beforehand and just like had them ready to deploy when I thought the moment was right. Um, so it's like, that's kind of quasi scheduling, um, but it's a way to like maintain that conversational tone while also like taking the creativity burden off yourself in the actual moment. So then how do you measure, um, how do you measure that? Like, obviously some of the plan stuff, it sounds like maybe that worked and, and got a lot of traction probably as much as the off the cuff stuff stuff did. Um, how do you measure that? And, and, and actually was it, was it better? Was it received better? The stuff that you like pre-planned a little bit? I mean, I think that, well, how do I measure stuff? First of all, is like, we, we're still in like grow at all. Like growth is still our number one objective. Like there is no other real business objective at the moment other than grow as large as possible. Um, and so like, I'm always trying to get, I'm always trying to tweet the best tweet. I, I, I tweeted in that thread that like, throw as many darts as you can with like as much accuracy as you can. And like eventually a tweet will like go viral or like you'll kind of hit, hit the sweet spot. And so like every tweet I send, I am trying to like, I'm not, I don't want to say like go viral, but I'm trying to like make it the best tweet possible. Like make people who see the tweet want to follow us. Like I, I am definitely trying to always put out like the best content possible. Um, and so, yeah, measurements are just, your standard measurements, like likes, engagements, like how, how many impressions it got. Um, and then as for like a difference between scheduled and non-scheduled, it, it, again, I probably don't do enough like pure scheduling to really see a difference in my, in my own like posting, but like I do see brands where it's clear that they're, they're just like using scheduled tweets. And I, I definitely think they don't have like the same personality and same like vibrance that someone who's posting on a daily regular basis off the cuff has um so like i always try to like avoid doing stuff that i don't like seeing other people do and then like do stuff that i do enjoy seeing other people do um so yeah i don't know if there's like a hard and cut difference between scheduled and non-scheduled but i just do what i think i would like to see no, it's clearly working. I, I think um, sometimes people, um, you know, it's hard to change your voice from platform to platform. So um, if you're just using Twitter for fun, that's one thing, right? But like if you're using it for your business, you might be um, used to like the long form content that you sit down with for a longer period of time on your computer in LinkedIn to post. And then when you go to Twitter, maybe you're trying to be, um, have a different voice and obviously a s smaller format because, you know, you don't have as much space. Um, so I think that's where people get hung up. Like mm -hmm. they have a hard time shutting off the, um, that voice, right? The one that's used to like being like thoughtful and doing that long form, right. but you know, you didn't come to the table that way. So I don't think, right. So yeah. you, you started completely differently. I mean, I think that people 
go like people should go where they feel most comfortable and so like for the longest time like alex i mean alex has over like i don't know like eighty thousand, maybe a hundred thousand linkedin followers um and like that was his bread and butter for the longest time and like he'll tell you like he wasn't super good good at twitter <laughs> um and i mean credit to alex like he obviously worked extremely hard on it and like now he uh, unfortunately he's surpassed me in followers which he doesn't let me forget often oh no i know i know yeah so and so like but but for him it was yeah like it, it was a little bit of a struggle to like get traction for his content on twitter but like now he's he's kind of like found his sweet spot found his voice and it, it and it was through like a very intentional effort to like get better at, at like capturing that Twitter voice. Um, and so, yeah, I think like he's a perfect example of like someone who for the longest time just played to his strengths. Like his strengths was LinkedIn, like that, the content that plays well on LinkedIn and then through a very concerted and, and um, like intentional effort, he expanded his, his like repertoire to an, another platform um, so like it can be done, but also I, I'm a huge advocate for going to the platform where you feel most comfortable because like, why would you try to like squeeze water from a rock when you can squeeze water from a sponge? So like, just go where, where, where the content flows easiest for you. Um, and then if you think that, okay, I, I feel comfortable enough expanding to, to multiple platforms, then pick a platform and go and attack that like the same way that, that you kind of attack the platform you're comfortable with. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's doable, but I, I feel you on, on like the struggle of trying to go from platform to platform. Yeah, no, very well said. Um, I want to just um, go back a little bit to something you said earlier that seems to be standing out in my head. Um, my attention span these days is terrible. Like I, I jump from thing to thing. Yes, Toby, you are in my notifications for Twitter. So whenever you post something, I'm like, Oh, let me see what he wrote. Um, and I'm getting like pinged all day. And I know that there's ways to dial that back and, and change settings and so forth. But you like to be in the moment, right? You want to be, you know, hearing what's happening at that point in time. Like, I don't necessarily want to read it hours later. So I'm assuming, you know, just based on everything you've told me, you are a digitally native user. But so, so this brings me to my question. Sorry, I had to, I had to preface it with that because what you said earlier was you were working as a writer for Morning Brew and you'd be working on something and you didn't want to stop in it. Like you were in it for mm -hmm. five hours, but you knew you needed to maybe post. I can't do anything for five hours straight. <laughs> I am so pulled in many, many directions. Mm -hmm. How did you master that skill? That is one that everybody's going to want to know whether they care about company culture or not. Yeah. Well, so that's actually the beautiful thing about being a newsletter writer is that like, regardless of what happens during like my social media day, I know that the newsletter has to go out like the next, the next day. So like, there is no, there's no like pushing off the newsletter. Like there's no procrastinating writing a daily newsletter. So like, I think that 
when, when I say like I go into like a five hour writing hole, it's because like it needs to be done. Like there is no, it, it kind of goes back to like my college days where like an essay has to be turned in by midnight. Like there's no, at a certain point, there is no procrastination because like it must be done. So kind of that like absolute necessity of, of like the newsletter writing, it, it, it like helps me focus in, into like these, these big chunks. Um, so like a lot of people's other jobs might not have like these hard and fast like due dates and like timelines to, to work on. So I don't know if that's actually the, the best advice, but like maybe, yeah, go get a job where you have to create a piece of content by a certain time every single day. Uh, and then you'll, you'll be amazed at what you can create. <laughs> wow. So, it's, so you've learned to do this a little bit also more organically. It's not like you set clocks or, yeah. or do anything like no, that. No, there's, there's no, unfortunately, there's no productivity hacks. I mean, it, it is, it actually does mirror a lot of the same feeling as I was an English major in college and like the same like kind of writing crunch that, that you feel like writing an essay like last minute. I, I kind of like operate in that zone 24 seven now. Um, and so like, it's actually a zone that I've become comfortable with and like I like the the productivity it kind of forces upon me. Uh, so yeah, it's it's not a great like Pomodoro method or like set a timer for 20 minutes and then five minutes off. It's more just like it's born of necessity of kind of, of, kind of like the role that I occupy. <laughs> wow. Well, what I want to do now is I'm going to shift gears, but I like to ask like a couple like quick questions at the end just so that people can get to know um, my guests a little better. So um, from the very limited amount that I found on your LinkedIn profile, <laughs> we, and, and we already know that you graduated from Brown because mm -hmm. you've discussed that. So um, what people may not know that I picked up on there is that you were a soccer player. Mm -hmm. um, so who is your favorite soccer player? My favorite for the longest time was actually Wayne Rooney. Um, he played for, I went to a Manchester United soccer camp when I was like 11 or 12. Um, and then from that moment on, like I've always supported Manchester United and I always loved Wayne Rooney because he was so young when he started out and like his first goal in the Premier League was just, is like one of my favorite goals ever. Um, so yeah, it was, it, it's probably Manchester United is my favorite team. And then Wayne Rooney is my favorite player. So, okay. You can't repeat his name for my next question. So <laughs> if you could be in the room with any person, who would it be? Hmm. That is a good question. I think right now it would probably either be Casey Neistat or, or Mr. Beast. Um, I'm, I'm a big YouTube guy. Like I I've always kind of grown up watching YouTube. Um, and when I found, especially Casey Neistat, like he, he, he's i don't know if if you're familiar with him but like he kind of was like the og father of of like the vlog um and i don't know i just think he's, he's an amazing person just has like an incredible story and i've just always wanted to meet him like if I, i've had a sticker of him on the back of my computer for the longest time um so yeah probably casey nice that does he follow you he does not follow me. I think he's, I think he's interacted with the brew once or twice, but yeah, I mean, it, there's a very real possibility it, it could happen in the future. Um, so yeah, Casey, if you're listening to this podcast, like 
hit me up. Let, let's let's hang out. Do, do you need Holly Shannon to cold email him? Yeah, absolutely. Let's make, the intro. <laughs> let's make it happen. All right. So my very last question, what is something we don't know about you on your profile? I think you... I get very, very obsessive about different kind of, I guess you'd call them like hobbies. Um, so like I go through these phases where I, I, do, I like do intense deep dives into, into topics. Um, and so for my college years, it was actually poker. Um, so I played a ton of poker in, in college, especially when I, when I got to Brown um, and just like studied and, and played with my friends all the time. Like unfortunately was going to like the casino for, for, for a time and, and, and playing poker there and just, yeah, really kind of fell in love with, with, with poker and just like all the mechanics and ideas behind it. Um, but right now this is predicated by the queen's gambit is I I'm diving in into chess right now. Um, and I'm still absolutely horrible and, and not making much, much progress, but I have like this burning desire to get better at chess right now. Um, so I, I kind of go through like these these one or two year phases where I, I do deep dives into subjects that I want to get better at. Um, and so right now I'm in I'm in a chess chess phase. I loved Queen's Gambit. Oh yeah, I love um, love love that. And now I think it's the highest trending like on Amazon, eBay, Etsy, like all of these different places that sell chess sets. Yeah. Like all of a sudden it became like very, very popular overnight. Phenomenon. Yeah. I loved it too. Yeah. <laughs> well, Toby, I have to thank you so much for coming on Culture Factor. It's been amazing having you on and I think everybody got to really know you. So, and, and about Morning Brew and company culture and all those lovely things. So mm -hmm. thank you so much. Thank you. And thanks for, for hunting me down with, with a couple good cold DMs and cold email. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's how we both roll. Exactly. I love it. <laughs> <laughs>